Talk Radio 191 FM podcast. And do I have a treat for all the listeners today? It's an absolute pleasure to have Michael of Hardly Unclean the Studio today to talk about their upcoming gig at Dogwood Two Towers before they set off to France to perform at the Marmar Festival in Paris. Hardly Unclean have become a staple of the New Zealand music scene, starting off as the band Brown before adding to the roster and becoming the alt-pop uh, rock band Hardly Unclear with hits like Wallace Line and Julius Caesar their unique sound has made waves here and abroad evidenced by the European trajectory it's wonderful to have you Michael oh thanks for having me it's wonderful to be here oh god yeah god yeah this dreary day oh I know it's dire out there oh eh? god yeah classic to need in the way it's the first day in about five that it's like this though so I'm, I'm not bad yeah it's not bad winter's been chased away it has mm. when I first got down here it was polar and it, it really yeah was. I've seen it off and it's good it was good Okay, well, it's your sunny presence. I, I <laughs> honestly. Um, so, um, congratulations, first and foremost. Um, you know, jet setters now. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> All the way to Europe, it's sick. Um, for a festival as well, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so, first question, of course. Um, Invisible Lines was an experience of an album. When I, when I first heard it, I was like, this is... Like from start to finish, like it, it was like I was going through a process in my mind while I was listening to it. Um, I know the title comes from Fake Flowers, but um, what what meaning do you think lies behind it? Uh, yeah, for me, it tied together a few th- uh, themes and things that I've been thinking about. And uh, one was uh, I, I was just becoming increasingly aware of the interconnectedness of everything. Um, uh, yeah, everything is everything's connected in some way and so for me it was like a a reference to to um to all those ways that things are connected that we don't we don't we're not necessarily aware of and um you know that the impacts doing something here will have over here and yeah so that was that was um that was one aspect of it um at the time i'd i'd just had my i just had a, a um a baby and uh when I was like, so that, so that line, like, um, uh, what's the line? Like, it's about uh, basically when you when you point your finger and and you say, you, I was saying to him, you know, look over there, and um, assuming that he knew there was a line coming out of my finger, pointing to, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's just looking at my finger, <laughs> um, and so you know, uh, so that got me thinking about that. That was invisible lines, um, the invisible lines that come out of your finger when you point. Um, so yeah, I like that. Cool. It's that more metaphorical sort of sense. Yeah. It's like when you, it's like when you have like, um, like when like dogs don't use pointing, they use your eyes because mm. they can't, they don't know what that means, so they use where your eyes are looking yeah. to determine what they're actually doing. You're trying to gesture to. It's hey, like, they do. What can you expect? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, a lot of your songs um, refer to distance yes. and relationships. Yeah. And. Considering when you're, you know, off to various cities and countries, mm-hmm. um, how do you manage the difficulty of being away from friends and family and significant others? Yeah, um, good question. I obviously video chat helps. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's to be honest. Like I've just come back to Dunedin, and I've been away for about um, eight years. I'm, I'm now living back here, but um, uh, it. I just realised how many people I, I, I'm very close to that I haven't even probably spoken with, maybe more than a handful of times since I've been away, um, and so yeah, I, I'm, I'm very um, cognizant of the of, of the effect of distance um, presently because of because of the situation. But um, to, how to deal with it, I don't know. I think 
I'm pretty shit at keeping in touch with people, um, <laughs> you know, over over like social media and stuff. I'm very face to face, so um, so I do find it difficult. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I guess I guess the people that I um, that I need to um, have face to face with, I do while I'm away. Yeah, nice. I like that. I think that's. I think everyone's terrible at keeping up with social media, right? It's just oh God, like that's not just me. No, no. <laughs> I mean, calling out people on the radio, we could, I mean, we could, but, um, so, um, your singing voice has been described as thoroughly New Zealand, as a, like a sort of, yeah. a nice, neat concept. Yeah. Um, why do you think so many artists from here, and even Australia as well, um, choose, or don't actively choose, or perhaps just end up Americanizing when they sing, and how do you think it's, um, affected the way you sound that you, that, you know, it wasn't a conscious decision to switch to Americanized sort of yeah. pronunciation? Yeah, um... I don't know. I, like I, I, I hesitate to speak for anyone else, but um, but for me it was um, uh, you know I did I did when I when I started out I was doing covers and and um just imitating just uh, copying what you hear, mm. um or I was and um, and then once I started writing songs that were about the needing places, um, it just felt odd to me to be saying. Corstefine or Corstorfin or Corstefine or King Edward Street in a in a um in an accent other than than my own. So that okay. kind of was birthed out of that. Uh, as to why people do, I think it's just I think it's I don't know. I, it's a stylistic choice maybe. It, mm. Yeah, but I can only speak for myself, and that's how um that's how I ended up doing that. No, fair enough. Yeah. Have to admit, I can't really imagine course defending like a thick American <laughs> accent. Hey? It's, no, such a, no. it's a nice guttural word <laughs> from Dunedin. It's eh? a horrible word. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> horrible, like wrenching of the of the. So yeah, someone uh, uh, um, someone was saying that it was it's actually pronounced course Dauphin and in oh. um, Scotland and uh, oh. and uh, where it's originally from and um, when we've just Dunedinized it, yeah. Not bad. I didn't even know that, yeah. No, fair, actually. I mean, I guess, but then, like, as soon as you try and say it in a Scottish accent, yeah. I mean, if you try and say it, it just sounds like a Scottish accent, <laughs> yeah. like a bad one. But, yeah. <laughs> it does. Oh, God. It does. That's how it's happened, I reckon, yeah. Now, I hate to call you out, and yeah. I, but I've been thinking about this, because sure. I, I read in a press release um, ages ago that you were sh uh, nominated and shortlisted with um, Where Were You When I Was All You Needed for the Apra Silver Scrolls. We were top 20 Yes. Yes. Which is awesome yeah thanks congratulations Thank that's you. huge um and i was gonna say you your gig is on the second which i believe is the same day as the emperor's oh yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> hard <swerve or> yeah. <laughs> well so it's because uh i was gonna go but then um but then uh well, this trip's coming up to to paris and we needed to rehearse our set and yeah. so everyone's coming that's why we're putting on a gig because everyone's coming down here and we're gonna um Rehearse and we're like, well, we're down here. We might as well play a show. So heck yeah, yeah. Lucky us, honestly. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Stoked. Actually. Yeah, no, we're very happy to play. It's um, it's and it's a cool little venue. So we're we're excited it is about sure. it. Yeah. Um, I was reading an interview today ages ago, and you were talking about the staples, yes. the venues around New Zealand. You talked about Whammy, um, the Cook, yeah. and all that. Um, what are your thoughts on the lower half of the Cook sort of, you know, having to close and just the gig venue being open as like a Dunedin, as a Dunedin mm. night after coming back from eight years? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh. I've only really over the last eight years I've only really experienced the cook as the upstairs um, uh, I, I yeah I, I I can't really speak about the downstairs because I'm not really aware of what it was but um, my experience with the cook has always been that, that upstairs no, although although I must say a very long time ago I do remember um, 
some crates downstairs, but uh, but I think that that day's long gone, isn't it? Yeah, I think maybe. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, it could be safe to play with a sales pizza, though. You never know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a, a, a good friend of mine uh, said that what she most loves about you guys is that you write love songs that don't present themselves as love songs. Cool. Uh, and I really liked that sentiment. Um, with the likes of Julius Caesar mm. and Secret Lives of Furniture, um, what inspires you to use these metaphors while still writing um, lyrics that are thematically about you know love and mm. interest and all that? What inspires the use of those, meta- you know, those yeah. metaphors? Uh, Secret Lives of Furniture was um, it was kind of a writing exercise for myself. I I, I was the well was a bit dry, so I um so I sat down in the lounge and uh, I I was like, what can I write about? And there's a coffee table in front of me, so I just decided as a writing exercise, I would just write something from the perspective of this coffee table, and um and that song kind of poured out in about I don't know thirty minutes or something. Wow. And um and as to why it's I don't. I just. Tr- I guess I just put. Uh, I probably just projected, <laughs> you know, into the coffee table and um, and uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I think things bend towards maybe the love side of things because uh, that's something maybe that I um, I'm drawn to. I think so. So I guess uh, a, little, a little way of being romantic without. Um, you know, and I, th- I think I think I have to barb it as well. I think I have to barb <laughs> barb the softiness a little bit. So, I, I, Fair. so yeah, uh, yeah. So, and uh, Julius Caesar was. Uh, I, I'd actually been to- toying with that concept for a long time about um, how we uh, we well, we die and our matter just becomes part of other things and and. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it took me a while just to figure out how to how to put that into a song, that idea. Uh, and I can't remember specifics, but uh, I just remember it took quite a bit of editing, uh, quite a bit of playing with the lyric, and um, until I came up with something that I was happy with. Um, the Julius Caesar thing um, came into it because I was, I'd actually started off with um, referencing a bunch of different historical figures, uh, but it was becoming a bit too convoluted, so I, I just wanted to simplify it with the with Julius Caesar. That's fair. It's a very, like the the image in the song because we we if, if all you guys who were listening before the interview, we, I played Julius Caesar and then I played Battery Farm. But I think that the description is quite like pleasantly visceral, and then the you know the transformed sort of instructional part of it just feels so like nice <laughs> and like a nice uh, like a nice contrast between that. Um, do you think that when you think about your you know sort of more uh, compiled works mm. and you think of Invisible lines. Do you do you feel as though there is a point of contrast in the album, a point where something changes, or a song that indicates a change of flow throughout the experience? Yeah, I think Invisible Lines. That change uh, is probably. Uh, I think it's bookmarked by um. What's the name of the song? <laughs> it's uh, uh, the lyric is "Steer into Space." Um, the name escapes me at the moment. Um, but it's more of an instrumental, tr- more instrumentally driven. Uh, I don't know why we plonked it right there, but it just felt that that was the where the album was changing pace a little bit, and so that was signifying that um, that that's quite shocking. I can't remember the name of the song, but um, <laughs> no, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> that is all good. Honestly, this is this is entirely colloquial. There's no <laughs> necessary like remember this now. Um, <laughs> good. But uh, yeah, so you've 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 got Europe lined up in your sights. Yeah. Um, but what's the dream for you guys? Because you've been 
um, like a staple. Mm. Um, like your songs have been on the system for you know as long as I can remember. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we have. Um, well, so yeah, this this. Uh, so we've got a new label, and uh, and they're French based. That's why we're going over to Paris. Uh, and all of our stuff is we've had to take down offline um, because we will be re-releasing it through this new label but um, mm. but you know I don't know what the move was after after this uh, last record uh, I think it was just going to be it was going to slow down and we were just going to uh, I was going to keep writing in, but I don't think it was going to um, keep going at the pace it was going mm. um, but then you know this opportunity came up and it's um, we've been granted this um this amazing opportunity uh, so we're just going to take it and see where it leads you know fantastic yeah. I like that and I mean you're performing at a festival um, uh, in uh, Montmartre in Paris which is a re really beautiful area with all these other artists um, are you the only New Zealand band performing there? no Tiny Ruins is there uh, just solo and that's all I know nice, nice. yeah well, that's really sick, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. Seeing you, sort of seeing the whole band have this level of trajectory going overseas and all that. And I guess the only other question I have then is, when you're in a place like this and you're in Dunedin, mm. does it feel different when you perform? Does it feel like you're performing to a different part of yourselves or a different type of audience when you're in this? Because again, because you started in South Dunedin as Brown mm. way back when. So mm. yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, if I'm honest, like. Auckland definitely started feeling um, uh, home to me, and Dunedin, mm. I'm just I'm learning to um, I'm learning to refamiliarize. Well, I'm refamiliarizing myself with it. Uh, over the eight years I've been away, I've only ever been here for weekends at a time. So cool. uh, so <laughs> so um, so I'm getting used to that. But uh, playing here, I, I, yeah, I think it still feels like a, a part of home, and and. Um, yeah, it's always been different to playing other places. It's always felt like a bit of a homecoming. So, mm. um, so yeah, no, I, lo I do love it. Yeah, I'm glad to hear. Well, and that makes me feel better about you playing. Here, so <laughs> nice, nice. And everyone else. Um, for everyone who doesn't know, the gig is happening very soon, uh, a week today, at Dog with Two Tails, 8 p.m. in the bar section of the of the bar, which is awesome. It should be sick as well. And mm. you can get your tickets uh, under the radar, is it? Under the radar, yeah. Heck yeah. Um, I mean, you know, last chance for you pop off for a while so it'd be yeah. sick and be unfortunate to miss it at this point um, and I only have one question sure. left which is top five dead or alive alt indie rock <laughs> and I'm fingers crossed I, I'm hoping you're going to say Kate Lebon because that's oh been, yeah man that's surely. like yeah a friend here one of my um, friends from, from here uh, put me on to Kate Lebon and um, I'm forever indebted to him for that um, thank you Louis because because uh, yeah I just like obsessed over um all of her stuff for for <laughs> for a good part of a year, um, and then she came. She came to New Zealand, and um, we got asked to support. Uh, oh. And it was like, you know, that was my that was my dream show, and uh, and we couldn't do it for some reason. I can't remember why, but uh, oh, we had another show on, and um, and so I couldn't, and I was devastated because I d didn't um, didn't get to see her. So yeah, Kate Lebon. Uh, Oh shit! Who else can I say? I know. Um, sorry, I was. It's, a, it's really shit when I do this. But I can't help it. I. That's good. It's a good question, but I, I just haven't thought about it for a long time. That's fair. Um, at the moment, I am. Uh, do you know what? I'm, I, I watched this documentary called Echoes in Laurel Canyon, um, uh -huh. and it's about the 
it's about the scene in Laurel Canyon in California, just outside LA, um, and the acts that were coming out of there in the late 60s. Um, so not very really alt indie, but um, but like Mamas and Papas and, and oh hell yeah, um, and the California Dreamin'? Yeah, 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 and and um, Beach Boys and, and like Pet Sounds and oh, I love that. Um, and yeah, a great doco anyway. And so basically, I've been binging binging that stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, so. Not very old indie at the moment. I, I've got to say, that's fair enough, though. I mean, you know, it's it's like that when you when you latch into like a documentary or a series or something, and that the soundtrack itself oh, and man. the people and the topics push you in that direction. Oh, and the stories just open up a whole new world for the for the music for you. You know, listening. God, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I recommend. And speaking of, I'm going to play another Harley Unclear song. So hopefully that pushes everyone listening into the direction of <laughs> the gig happening a week today, which is going to be very, very sick. It's been really chill to talk to you, man. It's, yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. You too. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it's, re- it's a real pleasure to come in. My God, yeah, my pleasure. And coming up right now, we have Wallace Line from Invisible Lines. And you, everyone right now is listening to Radio 191 FM. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.